I may need your help. Whatever I can do, I'll be in touch. And then the line had gone dead, and there was only the rustling of Patricia's skirt as she moved through the kitchen, the sharp whistle of the kettle she had put on coming to a boil. He had set the phone back in its cradle and taken Patricia's hand. Callum turned from the window, from the tiny white flowers, from the shadows pooling in the recesses of the yard. Across the study, his golden retriever, Charlie, lifted his head from the warm patch of sunlight where he had been sleeping and opened his mouth in a wide yawn. Though overcast, the day had been warm for November. Callum had left the front and back doors open except for the screens. Now a cold breeze blew in off the water and circulated through the old house. He heard the faint murmur of tires on the gravel driveway to the front of the house, and Charlie rose and padded over, his tail wagging furiously. "'How was your nap, old man?' Callum asked, scratching the dog's broad head. The car grew closer and stopped. Callum opened the top drawer of his desk and drew out a small computer disc. A door slammed outside and heavy footsteps sounded on the planks of the front steps. Callum crossed through the study and down the hall into the living room. The reassuring jingle of Charlie's collar followed behind him. Through the fine mesh of the screen door, he made out the figure of a man with one arm hooked around a sack of groceries. A van with bold lettering reading Suquamish Market was parked in the drive. Callum lifted the flimsy door latch and stepped out onto the porch. "'Here's the order you called in this morning,' the man said. "'I'm afraid we're out of the tuna, so we threw a small snapper in instead. "'I've got everything else, though.' "'Just like old times,' Callum answered, nodding. "'How much do I owe you?' Twenty-seven fifty, sir.' Callum reached into his pocket and pulled out three ten-dollar bills. He placed the money and the disc into the man's free hand and took the groceries. "'Keep the change,' he said, smiling too. "'It's the right thing to do,' the man said. He slipped the money and the disc into his pocket. No one knows. I haven't told a soul. As far as the agency's concerned, I'm just up here doing a little fishing. Nothing can go wrong. Thank you, Callum said. The man waved and bounded down the steps toward the van. The sun had slipped once again through a rift in the clouds. It sat low in the sky, bathing the man and the van and the woods beyond them in harsh orange light. Callum listened to the engine roaring to life and the grinding of wheels spinning in the loose rock of the drive. He watched the flash of the chrome bumper and the fleeting face of the happy fisherman painted above the market's logo. Live bait, cold beer, groceries, as the van disappeared around the bend into the trees. Come on, Charlie, Callum said softly. He held the screen door open and followed his dog back into the cool shade of the house. In the kitchen, Callum set the groceries down gently on the counter and stood for a while gazing out through the wide windows above the sink. Beyond the sloping green of the backyard, the flat surface of Puget Sound reflected the glint of the late afternoon sun. Large grey geese floated and bobbed close to shore, their throaty cries skipping across the barnacled rocks of the beach. In the dense woods on the other side of the bay, slant of shadow and light shifted. Pools and eddies drifted slowly with the tide. Out at the mouth of the bay, far across the sound, the lights of the Seattle skyline brightened against the impending darkness. To the east, beyond the city, the snow caps and rocky faces of the Cascades towered like a theatrical backdrop.
When he finally turned from the window and began putting the groceries neatly away, the first ruddy hints of sunset had appeared in the west. Callum unwrapped the small snapper from its clean white paper and ran his fingers along its tough scales. He opened its stomach and ran a sharp knife between the fine bones and the white flesh, deftly separating the prickly skeleton from the meat. Callum set the clean snapper gently in a small glass baking dish, cut paper-thin slices of orange, lime, and sweet onion, and crushed fresh cloves of garlic, stuffing them into the cavity of the fish. He rubbed the scales with olive oil, fresh pepper, and white wine, then covered the dish and put it in the refrigerator. He set a place for himself at the table on the glassed-in porch, a clean linen napkin, a silver fork and knife, a thin-stemmed wine glass. From the porch, Callum could see the dusky outlines of his wife's garden. The flashy flowers of summer were withering now. The rhododendron bushes held only the husks of blossoms. The heavy heads of browning dahlias sagged on their stems.